more of the genetic causes of hypertension were revealed in Milan at the European meeting on hypertension. Mark Caulfield told me his group has identified some important genes which are widely involved in blood pressure. After his talk, he gave me the details about what they'd been doing in the research. We had the opportunity to study 34,000 people um, using genetic variation spread evenly across their genetic code and using new silicon chip technology that allows us to type up to a million genetic variants in each person. And then what we then did was we analysed those variants to identify if there was any uh, particular features that showed up alongside raised blood pressure or alongside systolic and diastolic blood pressure. Those were the main aims of the study, and to do this we had to combine studies, 13 different studies uh, that were population-based and four different control groups. It sounds like a needle in a haystack. How did you do it? Uh, I think it is indeed a needle in the haystack. Um, There are probably about 20,000 genes in the human genetic code, and really what we're hoping to do with this this, uh, chip technology is to cover as much of the genome as possible, and uh, it is indeed very much like uh, searching for a needle in a haystack. But you found what you call signals. Uh, What are they and what did you find? We found a number of genetic variations associated with systolic and diastolic blood pressure and this led to the identification of eight new genes which we then robustly validated in a second follow-up study of over 70,000 individuals. Um, This has allowed us to be certain that these genes are influencing systolic and diastolic blood pressure. The genes are, in the main, not in systems we previously have identified as being implicated in blood pressure regulation, and so they open the possibility of new pathways for us to examine and investigate as therapeutic targets. So the uh, goal of our study was really to do exactly that, was to identify new ways in which we could understand how blood pressure is regulated in the body, leading to new therapies. Now, picking out from your talk then, you mentioned prothrombotic activities, angiotensin, also naturetic steroid synthesis was in there, wasn't it, too? Quite a lot of interesting effects that these genes have what exactly were they doing that might be of interest to hypertension specialists? The, the variations that we found identified a number of regions which contain some genes that could be good candidates for affecting blood pressure. One of those regions uh, on chromosome 1 included uh, the MTHFR gene and the natriuretic peptide genes and also an angiotensin-related uh, activating protein. All, th- all four of these genes would be very good candidates for affecting blood pressure and um, they also the natriuretic peptides represent potential therapeutic targets. Um, we have not definitively highlighted which of those genes it is uh, but, but you're, you're right it is, it is very interesting that some genes have shown up that might be implicated from our existing knowledge as well as some brand new ones that we wouldn't have expected. Other genes that we found, we found a, 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 a gene that codes for an enzyme that makes steroids, which is called 17-alpha-hydroxylase, uh, and that um, is a pivotal step in production of steroids in the adrenal gland. It's previously been associated with very rare forms of hypertension, but not with common hypertension or blood pressure for, for that matter. So uh, the other genes that we found, some of which we can't see what the mechanism is by which they would affect blood pressure, include uh, a fibroblast growth factor 
Um, this fibroblast growth factor is known to affect, uh, affect the heart size and also blood vessels in the heart. Um, uh, and also, in addition to that, uh, we found a gene region that's also been linked to, heart, to heart, heart attacks, type 1 diabetes, and celiac disease, and this is called SH2B3. We don't exactly know how that works, but because it tends to adapt proteins and lymphocytes, so we still have a lot to do to unravel precise biology here. But these are the first robust genes, and together with another paper published in the same edition of Nature Genetics, um, we now have 13 genes that are identified for systolic and diastolic blood pressure. Now, fascinating as these genes are, mm. unlike Mendelian genes that have a powerful effect, yes. your genes, disappointingly, only have quite a small effect individually, don't they? Yeah. The, the chips we're using look at very common variation, and so if, if the effects of r rare variation was important in blood pressure, then uh, you might, uh, we might have missed that. It's very possible that rare variation affects blood pressure to a greater degree in individuals. Um, the effects that we saw were of one or half a millimeter of blood pressure, and you, would, you might be prompted to say, well, you know, that's a bit disappointing. Uh, on the other hand, um, actually small differences in blood pressure across a whole population greatly affect risk of stroke and heart attack. And so therefore, uh, the, the aggregate of our findings, elevating blood pressure by 2 millimeters of mercury, could make a 6% difference to stroke and about a 5% difference to coronary disease risk. And so I think these are not insignificant, although they appear to be small differences. Uh, they could be uh, important uh, in a pop across a population. And the important thing is that ultimately why I'm doing this is I want to find new medicines. And whilst these may individually have a small effect themselves, then medicines that impact on pathways within which they operate may have much bigger effects. Uh, this has been the case historically for many medicines, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, many of the medicines that we traditionally associate with blood pressure therapy, and indeed we looked at this in this experiment, the genes that code for the targets that those treatments affect were not associated with blood pressure, yet they're very effective medicines. So I think in terms of implications for clinical practice, I don't think anyone should rush out and be tested for any genetic variation. There's more work to be done to refine precisely which genes are involved, and you've, you've heard me mention that in some of the regions there's three or four genes, uh, so there's more work to be done there. And secondly, I think then that this will give us the opportunity to evaluate whether these could be good for drug discovery. That was Mark Caulfield from the Barts and the London School of Medicine talking to me in Milan. For Esh Online Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.